Now, today's episode. If I say I'm a father and I'm doing so well, putting up structures, building houses, but the children I have are not doing well, it speaks a lot about my fatherhood. Do you understand what I'm saying? If I say I'm a leader and I have a church, I'm a founder of a church, and my church is doing very well, but the churches of my children are not doing well. Then people begin to raise the concern that what kind of father is that? Is somebody here? Because every good leader is able to reproduce himself in others. But you see, a journey of a thousand miles begins with what? A step. I wonder how you can become Bishop Ajinasari when you can't even accept the very few things I'm teaching you today. And that is why I always say that one of the battles we really need to fight is the battle of familiarity. Because the moment you become familiar with the system, the moment you become familiar with the person, familiar with your husband, familiar with your girlfriend, then you begin to lose the things you must receive. You can never receive wisdom from somebody you don't really respect. Nobody can be a blessing to you when you despise them. That's why Jesus told his disciples, when you go to a house and you are not being welcomed, don't stay there. Don't try to explain yourself to them. Don't try to make them accept you. Shake off the dust and walk out. Is somebody here with me? And from the look of things, even today when Pastor Inda was preaching, I was there asking myself that what will happen to these people when I've been taken away from them? And this is a reality. I always want you to understand that as for the poor dear, you have them always with you. But me, you will not. A time is coming. I'll be taken out of this place. At first, I thought it was so many years ahead, but for what happened to my friend, Pastor Eddie, even makes it more real to me than before. So today when Pastor Inda was preaching, I was asking myself, life without me around, how is it going to be like? And if you want what we do in the house to be like, if Pastor is around, then we are all around. If Pastor is not there, then we are not there. Then the question is, what kind of Pastor is that? And what kind of members is he building? These are, these are basic things we need to think about and contemplate. If it's Pastor Derek, we don't like him. If it's Pastor Inda, maybe. Because Pastor has been speaking about him for some time, so at least that's why we know him so well. But if it's Pastor A, but Gary calls for real house, will not come. Pastor calls for real house, I'm coming. 
Abigail calls for choir rehearsals. We are busy. Pastor said, is the choristers coming? Mabel, are you coming? Hey, you, are you coming? Hey, you, are you coming? Then they are there. And there is a scripture that Paul told a church. And this is what he told them. He told them that, listen, you need to be zealously affected. Let's read Galatians 4, 17. He said, they zealously affect you, but not well. Yeah, they would exclude you. That ye may affect them. You don't understand how it's been. Let's go to verse number 17. This is where I want you to think of it. But it is good. But it is. I can hear you. But it is what? Good. To be zealously affected always in a good thing. And not only when. I am present with you. It is good to be zealously affected always in a good thing. Is the choir a good thing? Then Paul said, then it is good to be zealously. Zealous comes from the word zeal, passion, enthusiastic. Hey, let's do it. Then Paul said, it is always good to be passionate in a good thing. It shouldn't be always when I'm with you. If the only time we see that you are passionate on the drums is when pastor is in church. Then you are building a different character and it's dangerous. I'm sure the Galatians were also like church when Paul is around they are active and when Paul is absent they go home and Paul is saying that listen it is good he didn't say it's bad it is good so to be zealously affected especially when the leader is absent is a good thing it is really a good thing. Bishop has never visited our branch before. He doesn't know what goes on in there. If I'm waiting for his visitation to spark up my seal, then it means that I have a long way to go. Because the other day, I remember they had a meeting with Bishop and he said he, said he was going to visit some of the churches. Then he said that because we have so many churches and what have you, he can't be visiting all the churches and he, he can't do that. He's also a human being. He'll get tired. And so there are times if he's coming to a church and it's a small church, he would want to combine the churches so that he comes to them. Recently he came to um, Trasaco. Yes. I think, no, Friday was just this Friday. Or coming Friday. This coming Friday, yes, this coming Friday. And Sunday, Bishop will be at our Trasaco branch. But he has never been to Afiaman before. He doesn't know where our church auditorium is. So if I'm waiting for Bishop to visit me, for me to show him my zeal, then it means that I'm not destroying Bishop, I'm destroying myself. Two of us. And that is what Paul calls men pleases. 
idol. These are the kind of Christians Paul called men pleases. Do things to please pastor. I didn't even know the prayer tower was that active until I came there that very day. And I didn't know some of you were attending prayer tower. I didn't know. I never knew. And it is a good thing. I'm telling you, to those who were there, that I came to meet at prayer tower. I thought it was Pastor Derek and also, um, Mama May and this Okoto. I didn't know Mabel was part. I, I never knew Mabel was part. I never knew Abigail was present, Florence was present, Stephen, I think Stephen, I, and who else? Yes, those were the people I came to meet. I didn't know they were all part. It is a good thing. It is a good thing. Am I talking to somebody? It is a good thing. Now, I'm not saying, I don't want to build a church around me. Please, I'm not the owner of the church. If you don't know, I'm telling you. And I, sometimes I sit there and I imagine how Mabel Edu is going to feel when she's told I'm out of the church. Yes. Even I, I, I told you today when you were preaching, and the way they were laughing, I was asking myself, so these people, when a letter comes from headquarters that they need my services somewhere, or I should go and start another branch, and I'm moving out, how would they feel? Is it really about the feeling? Am I, am I your personal prophet? Did you call me? So why don't you let, want me, like, why don't you want me to go away from you? But I'm telling you, what we are doing will speak when I'm absent. The magnitude and the weight of the church we are building will be revealed when I'm not with you. I'm telling you, that's when we'll see that if truly PCI Faith Temple is really true PCI Faith Temple, or it was just a collection and a gathering of lovers of Pastor Amos. So when Pastor Amos is not around, the work ceases. Everybody is going back to his church. Or some may want to follow me to wherever I'm going, Amroga, or wherever. But Paul said it is a good thing to be zealously affected. Always, not at times. So, you see, it is not only when he's present. There always means it's not only when I'm around, though. If you are only happy or if you are always happy and always zealous and passionate to do something because master is around then the whole thing will not stand that is why Jesus after preaching for three and a half years he gave his life on uh, within a week probably one day he just gave his life and he died on the third day he resurrected and he was supposed to go and show himself to the father. But because the disciples were not ready, he had to stay here for additional 40 days. Read your Bible carefully. Do you remember what he told Mary Magdalene when she wanted to touch him? I don't know. He said, don't touch me. I must go and show myself to my father. 
what Jesus did, I will explain it to you. Maybe you don't know. During that season, is it during the Old Testament? In the Old Testament days, there was an assignment for each and every pastor. And that assignment is that anytime the let me see the members they plant and the crops yield seed. Eh, the pastor, no, the member doesn't have the right to enter the farm to harvest. You will wait, and the pastor will go into the farm first. Go and check the plantain, the cassava, which of them they have copper and all. Then we we'll say, okay, this one, this one, this one, this one. Harvest those ones and take it to the house of God. It is called first fruit. And after the first fruit, now the farmer can go and harvest what he wants to harvest. And even with that one, there is an instruction. You can't harvest and harvest everything. When you harvest, you must leave some for the beggars to also come. Yes, that was the law. So when you go and harvest, deliberately you must leave some. That is why we saw root gleaning. The Bible calls it gleaning in Boaz's farm. It is a man, it's a mandatory task for every Christian or every believer. When you plant and you harvest. So to be there, twenty and thirty room for beggars and poor people to also come and clean. That was what Ruth was doing in Boaz's farm. And Boaz said, deliberately leave more, like leave more, so that she can. And Jesus had to go and present himself to the Father, but because the people whom he has spent his life training. Let the scripture be there. The people whom he has spent his life training were not ready to push on the work in his absence. He has to stay and do additional vacation classes for 40 days. At a point, he has to even find out if what they were telling him when he was alive was really true. So, in the book of John, chapter 21. Immediately Jesus left, they went to fish. And I'm telling you, if, if you should hear that Pastor has been transferred, some of you join another church. I know. They will join another church. Absence of the master, going back to our old lives. A lot of you go back to your old life. I know. I don't need, I don't need a prophet to tell me. I know. But Paul is saying that it is always a good thing to keep on holding on to what you were given. Even when I'm not around. When I met him, he was not preaching. Were you a preacher when I met him? He was not a preacher. He was not a preacher. But it, that would be very unwise on his part to stop preaching because I'm, not, I'm no longer with him. be very unwise. So, how do you do that? That is why we are doing this. Maturity. Maturity. If you become a mature Christian, 
when your pastor is being transferred or is being taken away from you, you don't, you don't, do it, it hurts. Do you are going to lose something, but you try to get over it. You are not led by the dictates of the flesh. You, you understand? You, you have self-control. Ah, Pastor Moses is going, let's rebel, let's rebel. Master, let's write a letter to headquarters and tell them that Charlie, this thing they are doing, they will not agree. You are a baby Christian. You are going to tell headquarters that you don't agree. Because how can you allow Pastor to build the place? He came when he came, there was nothing. There was no land, there was nothing. He, he was here, he started the church from scratch, he has built it. And now that the church is growing, you want to transfer him. We will not agree. Did you call me? But what would be so nice such that? Give me first Timothy. We'll come back to this. I'll give me first Timothy. Chapter 1. Verse number 1. Let's go. First Timothy chapter 1. I just want to show you something. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the commandment of God, our Savior and Lord Jesus Christ, which is our hope. Let's go. Unto Timothy, my own son in the faith, grace, mercy, and peace from our God, from God our Father and Jesus Christ our Lord. Let's go. I besought thee. Now change this version to NIV so that you understand. Listen. I urged you when I went into Macedonia. Stay there in where? Where is Paul now? But who is staying at Ephesus? He says, stay there in Ephesus so that you may command certain men not to teach false doctrines anymore. I am going, but you stay there. I am leaving. When I got to Macedonia, I asked you to stay in Ephesus. The Ephesian church was started by Paul. It was Paul who started this church. But verse number two tells us that Timothy is not just a son to um, um, Paul. Like, can we read it again? Verse number two. To Timothy, my what? He's not just a son, a true son. There's a difference between son and true son. There are, I think, five types of sons in the Bible. We have a beloved son. We have a true son. We have a son. Two of us. We have a prodigal son. You don't know. And we have son of what? Perdition. A son. Everybody can be a son. As many as believe in him. To them, he gives them the right to become what? Sons of God. But to be a beloved son, you need, you need certain things. This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. So your, 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 your father should be well pleased in you to be a beloved. If your father is not well pleased in you, you are, you are not a beloved son. Then I told you the, the third one is what? Sons, or let's say ordinary sons. A certain man had two. A certain man had two sons. Had two sons. 
As for the third and the fourth and the fifth, don't become. The fourth son is the prodigal son. He rebels, fights his father, he goes and he comes back. Make sure you don't become anything of that sort. A prodigal son. Are you enjoying what I'm or you are not okay with it? Don't become a prodigal son. Somebody who, in fact, when you become a prodigal son, it's like you break a heart and you come back to amend. And it's difficult. I'm, I'm, I'm dating this beautiful lady. Then she, she just dumps me just like that. So what have I done? No, please, you can't do that to me. Please, I love you. He said, excuse me. Clean that dirty mouth of yours. You love who? Silly thing. The chick of it. Then she walks out. And I feel very hurt. And after a month, she comes back to apologize. Okay, I hear. I accept. But anytime I begin to see anger in her, it reminds me of what happened to me. And I'm afraid that it can happen again. Two, two of us. I'm extra careful. The prodigal son took everything. So I said, I'm sure his father will tell him, no, you're you living is premature. So then, so what? I want to go. I want to be independent. Nobody controls my life anymore. Who are you to speak to me like that way? As for men of God, you are supposed to be gentle. But you, any, any small thing, then you are angry and you are just talking. But maybe you needed it at that particular time. So, a prodigal son is not a good thing to become. Don't become a prodigal son. Prodigal sons are people who leave their fathers prematurely. Jesus Christ was never a prodigal son, but there was a time he was tempted to be, but he didn't vouch for it. At age 12, he was missing. His mother and his father were looking for him. They found him. They said, son, why did you do this to us? Then he said, don't you know I must go about my father's business? I like that scripture. Let's read it. Maybe Luke chapter 2. Verse number 46. Luke 2, 46. We'll come back. I don't know why I'm sharing what I'm sharing with you. But I don't know who is being a blessing to. I don't know. Is it being a blessing? And after three days, they found him in the temple court, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking questions. The next verse. Everyone who heard him was amazed at his understanding and his answers. For a lot of us, for you to have this, for you to have... See, Jesus had three things. Number one, he had crowd. Everyone. People began to love what he was doing. Number two, he had deep understanding. And number three, he had what? Answers to every question. So he needed to start his own church. The people are there. You understand the Bible. And when they bring their problems, you have answers. So what else are you waiting for? Start your church. But what happened? What happened? When his parents saw him, so you should always, you can't be a, a child without a parent. 
you can't be a child. Then what kind of child are you? Every child on earth has a parent. And it's a way that God intentionally introduced to humble everybody. Irrespective of who you become, you came from somebody. Proverbs 1 tells us that the, the words of Solomon, the son of who? David. The wisest man even had a father. So, when his parents saw him, they were astonished. His mother said to him, son, why have you treated us this way or like this? Your father and I have been anxiously searching for you. Next verse. Look at what he said. Look at what he said, quickly. Why were you searching for me? These are the words of Jesus. He's being tempted to be independent. Your father is looking for you. Say why he's looking for you. Okay. Didn't you know I had to be at my father's business or my father's house? Is it true? Yes. Okay, let's go to the next one. But listen to what the next verse tells us. But they did not understand what he was saying. So at this stage, Jesus has has realized or he has come across, he has discovered his purpose in life. I'm a pastor and I must be in church. So fine, his purpose is, is clearly stated. But let's look at the next verse. Then he went down to Nazareth with them and was obedient. I can't hear you. Obedient to them. But this is what the prodigal son didn't have. He stepped out and never came back. Until famine came. And until he has wasted everything he had. And until nobody gave to him. That was when he realized that I've made a mistake. So I'll go back to my father. And now this time he begins to rehearse his speech. When you become a, a, a prodigal son, now you begin to rehearse what you go, what you will tell your father when you go back. And that's the worst. But a, a, a son, a beloved son, just speaks. He doesn't. When you are talking to your father, do you think of what to say? Do you write them down when you go and read? No. But when you become a prodigal son, you, you do that. You now begin to think of what to say and what not to say. What can I say to convince him to receive me back? That's what I'm saying. You must not become a prodigal son. But the last one there is dangerous. Son of perdition. Son of perdition is about the self for. He goes and he never returns till he dies. And that was Judas Iscariot. When we read John chapter 17, Jesus Christ was praying for them. And he said to his, he said to his father that for all the people, all the sons you give me, all the children you give me have lost none except the son of perdition. So sons of perdition are people who are lost forever. They go and they don't come back. They go and they don't, they don't see you as a father anymore. Is somebody here with me? So I am asking, that's, that's, uh, let me end the session. I am just trying to plead with all of you. Eh? Galatians 4.18 I'm pleading with all of you to be zealously affected always the emphasis is on what? always always means when pastor is around I am zealously affected when pastor is not around I am zealously affected 
NIV says, it is fine to be zealous provided the purpose is good. So is it good to is it good for a church to have a choir? Then the Bible said, then it's fine to be zealous. So be zealously affected provided the purpose is good. And to be so always, don't be zealously affected only when somebody's around. He said, be always. He said, be so always and not just when I am with you. So, I'm saying, I started by telling you that anytime God wants to work with somebody, he would want you to be with him. Two of us. He wants you to be with him. So, if you don't know how to spend time with God, what you are saying is that I don't know how to work for him. Every true servant of God has learned and will learn to be with the Lord. Yes, irrespective of their state. I've seen men of God go to God and cry because they have made a mistake. I've read about men who have messed up big time and they ran back to their father. Is somebody with me? So Florence, you must be zealous. From here, we are not going back to that kind of attitude. Is pastor coming to church or is not coming to church? If pastor is not coming to church, then let I do the sound. And because he, don't, he doesn't know his way out, he fixes the, something and by the time the person leading the praise and worship or the person preaching is in the pop, you hear Why? Because pastor is not in church. But if pastor is in church, then I say, will be behind the machine. You are deceiving yourself. You are not deceiving me. Because there is nothing good me I can give you. I'm just a servant. When somebody sends, when Jumia or Kiku, any of these online marketing, whatever, send a delivery person to you, do you keep him? <laughs> oh, you don't keep him, eh? But why do you want to keep me when God sent me to you? He just sent me to come and deliver a message. And I've come to deliver what he has sent me to. And you've fallen in love with me so much that you don't want me to go. My last scripture, I'll be out of here. Galatians 1, verse number 10. That's my last scripture. I'm not preaching me. This one, I was just, I'm just advising. Am I now trying to win the approval of men or of God? Ah, is my focus now on men or on God? And that's your question. You should ask yourself. All the things I do in church, am I doing it to win man's approval or God's approval? Or am I trying to please men if I were still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. You disqualify yourself automatically from being a servant of Christ when your focus is man. Because, you see, the life and the system of man has always contradicted that of God.
That's what the Bible said. Anybody who loves the world is an outright enemy of God. Love for the world is what? Enmity with Christ or with God. So let me, let me sit down by asking you, Pastor Derek, the things you are doing, are you doing it for me or you are doing it for God? King should ask himself, the drums you play, your time that you are giving out, is it for me or for God? Why did you come today? Is it because we told you there is no drama or is it because you came to meet God for yourself? Why is Pastor in ministry? Is it because God told him you are going to be a very powerful preacher? Or is it because I really love to actually be around God? Is it for God that I do what I'm doing? Or is it because of what I'm going to get? Anybody who, who runs his or her life based on what he or she is going to get will never go far. I am telling you. You will never go far in this life. Like, come on, let's wait. You will never go far when your mind is, what, what am I going to get? But then that, whoa. So when I preach, how much will I get? And I'm very surprised. The season of your preparation is the season you are sacrificing. After a point, nobody else will call you to sit behind the table and record anything. Mark my words. After a time, nobody will call you. It's not like you'll not be there, you'll be there, but nobody will call you on the platform to come and sing. Nobody. You think you're going to sing forever? You're a child. That is why you must become a mature believer. One sign of a mature believer is that they are always affected, zealously affected, always. Even in the absence of whoever is in charge, they are still there. I've realized one thing that in companies, don't sleep. In companies, in companies, eh? In companies. This is what they do. People who work with supervision are paid less. And people who work without supervision are paid more. Two of us. It's true. People who work with supervision are always given less. For instance, Masons. Carpenters who work in the company, they have a former, they have a supervisor. And as they are doing what they are doing, the supervisor is coming to check if it is straight or if it's not straight. No, remove this block because it's not straight. Do it again. And so by that, you are, you are employing the services of another person on something you should have done yourself. And so we'll give you less for what you just cost the company. You've made the company pay additional fee. That is why they always paid less. But the foreman coming doesn't need anybody to tell him that we go blog now. So the foreman or the supervisor doesn't need the supervisor. And so he's paid more. Tellers are paid less, bank managers are paid more. Two of us. Yes. Mates always get less, drivers get more. Why? Because the driver will tell you, ah, if you have 70 pesos, you get 20 pesos. 
This is that. This is that. No, change this. This is that. But the driver doesn't need anybody to sit behind him and say, no, don't, don't turn left. There's another car coming. Turn right. No. So if you are at the stage where you need supervision to work, you must migrate from there. Pack your things and leave. You must leave. Is somebody here? You must deliberately leave. But with the things I'm sharing with you, always the Bible is true. Because the Bible says, the men of old, they wanted to hear what you are hearing, but they did not. And they wanted to see what you are seeing, but they could not. But blessed are your ears, for they hear. But the question is, are they even going to work with it? If peace would need to call pastor to tell pastor that pastor there is no nose marks, then what kind of church work are you? If Mebele do, is supposed to call me and say, Pastor, what time are we going for evangelism? Then she, she's not serious with what she's doing. If Abigail should call me and say, Pastor, please, are you not coming to play the keyboard? Then I wonder what kind of music director do you are. Why is, why is Kunim sleeping? Okay. Come and receive your fire. If Kunim should ask, Pastor, who is celebrating her birthday today and tomorrow? For me to put it there, she is not serious with what she's doing. And I wouldn't always be available to guide you. I told Pastor Inda, I'm beginning to get fed up with what is happening. That's the truth. That's why I started by telling you I want to be frank with you. Begin to get very fair. If I at this level of our church, we don't have standard instrumentalism. Because we can't even trust anybody anymore. Then where are we going? If as at this stage of your Christian life, you can sacrifice your church and what you do for something. Imagine if the sound guy of Bishop Ajinasari said, my boss has called me. What is going to happen? Imagine if the cameraman or the, the young lady who is coming to operate the camera for Bishop to come live on Precious Television sees that, oh, my mother said I should go and check something for her. So this Sunday I'm not coming to church. What is going to happen? And until the work of God becomes your business, until it becomes your business, you are not zealously affected. So you are in church when pastor is in church. When pastor is not around, you are not around. You are in church when the condition is fair. So I call those people fair weather Christians. Fair weather is when everything is okay, then they come. And so better, hey, the, the clouds are very, I'm not going to church. Hey, it's raining, I'm not going to church. Maybe when I have time, I'll teach you how to become a committed member. Yes. And we are watching. We are watching. There are some of you, you just came to be with us. You will not be with us forever. Yes. And there are others who will be here. There are some of you who see my old age. There are some of you. I don't know which part and which, where you belong to. But if you can really walk with me or any other man of God, you 
be somebody who is selfless. See yourself as nobody. If not, you would always get offended. Insults will come. Rebukes will come. Corrections will come. Hey, are you okay? Why did you do this? If you see yourself as somebody, that is where you'll be offended. If a man of God finds you, he says, hey, me cry, deserve it. Me go, I've, I've been fooling. Pastor said I should come with my guy. I didn't come with the bag. So if he talks about it, this one too, should I get offended? Why didn't I go with the bag? I'm being proud. So it's good he has fired me. That is maturity. This church, dear. <laughs> See, we are trying to be with him. Oh, this man, we are trying to be with him. It's not easy to be with him. The way he is, eh? You see him like that. The way he is, eh? If he gets angry, he doesn't care where he is in public. He will give it to you. The peace has been as a peace come. Why didn't you bring your bag? And the Bible says that anybody who, who, who fornicates or goes to sleep, bring him in front of the church. And that church is not our church today. 3,000 people, one service. The next week, 5,000. The next week, multitude. So the best assume they are just 3,000 and they are bringing you in front. It will take humility, some level of humility. If you were Moses that God rebuked, like by this time, the way we insult him. But God told him, Moses, come here. What did I tell you to tell the children of Israel? Didn't I ask you to stretch your rod? Why did you hit the rod, the rock? Because mountain. Because mountain. Jesus Christ said to Peter, come. Peter, the Bible said, Peter took him aside. He said, Lord, next time, don't talk that way. You are a small boy. And Jesus said, get thee behind me, Satan. You think the other disciples will not hear? Hey, Peter, power trying to be a leader. Because yesterday we saw that they were asking who is going to be the greatest, who will take over the mantle. And Peter is, is always speaking, so it's like indirectly he's the leader always asking questions for the people and you you the pastor you are in, you are blasting the assistant pastor in, in, in presence of the church members is that how is that how to do you understand how to do Zanian. but pride is always going to make you beg beg if you see somebody who sees himself as a big man big person big that big that one of these days, a pin. A bit to you. Pin. It doesn't matter how you see a balloon, a very big balloon, whether small, whether big, whether a ball. Just a little pin. Just a pin. Yes. And proud people don't need, they don't need scholars to disgrace them. That's what the Pharisees and other people were doing. They were, they were, they were carrying, throwing themselves around. Do you know who we are? It took Peter, an unlearned man, to quench them. And they said, ah. When they saw the boldness of Peter and John, they realized these people were unlearned. They are unschooled. 
marveled. And they took notice of them that they have been with Jesus. Stephen, that gentleman Stephen, filled with the Holy Spirit, he had a debate with some people and over, overpowered them. And the people were, why do you think they killed him? It was because of jealousy. That's why they went, they went to lie. I'm sure people will be around. If you, if you were the disciples of Jesus who couldn't cast the demon out, and Jesus had told you the presence of the people that thou faithless generation. Faithless generation. For how long shall I be with you? Man, bring your son. Because that day, you're born, you're a general meeting. Charlie, go and bring that small boy. And I'm telling you, Jesus was young. Most of the disciples were older than him. So go and bring that small boy. Sit him down. We are <laughs> we tried doing a miracle it didn't work look at how you spoke to us in the presence of the people are you trying to let them know that we are not powerful then why should we follow you hey Peter and a proud person will say we will not go to church this Sunday nobody will play the keyboard we will see who will play the king don't come then we will call the kingdom don't come then we'll call Abigail. Abigail, today, no church. Yes, no church. Nobody's going. And this is there we go. Nobody's going. Let's let's watch Pastor Moss. He will sing his own praises and he, he will preach. And you think you are sparking a rebellion against Pastor Moss. But you don't know you are destroying the work of God. And the pastor will come. Ah, what is this person? Sometimes I I wholeheartedly ask of people, oh, what is this person? Oh, so, Pastor, she says she's angry. She will not come. She said, she said, you said this. She said this. Ah, when did I say that? And so, so, okay, fine. Let's assume I said it. What should you do? Or what are you expected to do? It must be what? A bad Yes. We are, we are not going to church because we want to show the music that I see. We are very important. She, I don't know what even came to Pastor's head to choose this girl as a music director. What does she know? Always flattening songs. Always. And we are, we are, we even cover up. Do you know that when you play the drums and I play the keyboard, we cover, we cover up. And these are the conversation of instrumentalism. And she'll come and stand there and she'll tell us that we are not in uniform. So we don't have the uniform. Even if we wear, we have, we will not wear, we will not go to church. But I mean, she said, if we don't have, we shouldn't come. So we will not go. Yes. And if they want to do something for it to paint you, pa, then they will come. They will sit at the back. And they are at the back. And I say, are you not playing? Uh, music director and say, and say, uniform to me and back. Yes. Yes. Baby Christians explaining their side. So that even when they meet people who have not asked them anything about the situation in church, they want to explain. Even if you are talking about school, now say, oh, school, the enemy do me here, now say, and maybe I cry a point, school, I have a church, and I'm saying, yes, or the air course, has somebody asked you, you know how to relate school to church and discuss church matters? Somebody here. So,
in the orange comes out. And as you are here beautifully dressed with everything on you, you know, know who you are. Thank you. You know whether the juice in it is sweet or bitter. Sometimes you see an orange and you guess that the gutu will be there. A bed, the papa, 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 kokonibi. Ah. And you press and it's very bitter. Sometimes you see the way so you press and there is no water. And so that's why we don't assess Christians by their facial look. You don't assess somebody's spirituality by looking at their face. No, it's a mistake. Press it. You say he's your guy. When he insults you, how do you how do you react to it? There's a guy you are going to call honey tomorrow. He's going to marry you. And you don't respect him today, but you expect to respect him tomorrow. And if you're a lady and you get angry, maybe in the second session we'll talk about relationship. Let's stand to our feet. Have I been a blessing? Let's put our hands together for Jesus. Father, we thank you. We give you praise for bringing us to the end of this session. In Jesus' name, amen. This message continues on the next track. Keep listening.